And I remember that our last discussions, discussion was around the way David commanded to kill these men that, um, what were their name, Rehab and Baana, that they killed uh, uh, Jonathan's son, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And and they killed him while he was sleeping in his bed, and David really reacted in a very, very um, extreme way. And he commanded to kill them and to cut their hands and feet and to hang them, to expose them so everybody will see what happens to those attacking the ways that they acted. And we had in our class last time David that she was very, very upset about, upset about that. But uh, as we said, the times were different, the ways uh, wars happened were different, the ways people reacted was different. Um, it was very important. Every action that we see that David is taking is kind of uh, showing what kind of a king is going to be. And it's showing here that he's not going to accept any type of uh, injustice and murder the way they did. And the consequences are going to be really tough. So he's imposing his authority very tough from the beginning. We know that for David to be accepted for Am Israel, it wasn't simple. It took a while. He was already for how long in Hebron? For like more than seven years, he was a king in Hebron for Yehuda, and Israel has not accepted him. And now that they came and they invited him to be the king of everyone, he needs to really show uh, that his authority has to be respected, and and uh, and whoever doesn't is going to be punished very tough. So let's see now. We're going to start on uh, the fifth chapter, Perek Hay, and after this action. And after there is nobody else left from the from Shaul lineage, what is the next uh, step that happens? Israel el David All the tribes from Israel, those that were under Shaul, now they come to David to Hebron and they tell him, We are Ubesarcha. We are your bone and your flesh, which means we don't want anymore to stay divided. We're going to become one family, all of Am Israel. You know, it's like, uh, imagine, I don't know, Ashkenazim and Sephardim, they will say, one day they will say, we are the same, we are all Am Israel, we're the same people, or Mashal is is or like no division. This statement is saying, we don't want any more divisions. Gamet Mol. And also, sorry, also another reason for this is that David is married to Mishpachat Shaul. Mm -hmm. So that's also, you are family, come on. You married one of us. Also, in the past, even yesterday and before yesterday, when Shaul was the king, you were the one that brought Israel out and brought them in 
And Hashem had said to you, and we know that Hashem had said to you, You shall shepherd my people, Israel, and you shall be ruler over Israel. Very interesting. That is a, something that they knew from the beginning, yeah. and they still did not accept uh, David. One thing is to know the truth and the facts. Another thing is to accept in practice. Uh, they knew that David was an enemy of Shaul, like Shaul made him his enemy, so they did not accept him. By Israel then all the Zekenim, the elderly, came to the king, Hebron, to Hebron, David sealed a covenant with them in Hebron before Hashem, before Hashem, David Israel. And they anointed David as king over Israel. And repeat what I said many times, that to be the king of Israel wasn't enough that Hashem appointed you, wasn't enough that the Navi anointed you, you needed the acceptance of Am Israel. A king needs subdits. Like even if we think about Hashem, for Hashem to be the king, he needs us to make him our king. Mm -hmm. by, by the way, this is one of the things that we repeat over and over in Shirat Ayam. Hashem yimloch leolam va'et. Like understanding all the goal of Yetziat Mitzrayim, of opening the sea for us, and all the miracles that Hashem made, is for us to make Hashem our king. You think it will be like that with Mashiach also? What do you mean? That like we all have to accept? Of course. Hashem. By the way, that's probably one of the reasons why Mashiach is not here. Because my husband always says this, imagine he comes with a... Shemir of a Hasid, yeah. or if he's Sephardic, or if he's the Kippasuga, or if it's Zioni, or if he's... Oh, no, you're not a father, you're not for either. We need to have... We need to have unity among us in order for us to be able to accept the Mashiach. Yeah, okay. So, Ben Shloshim Shana David Bemolcho, Arbaim Shana Malach. David is how old? 30 years old, and he... Um, reigned for 40 years until he was 70. Bechevron Malach al Yehuda, Sheva Shanim, Beshisha Hodashim, Uvirushalayim, Malach al Kol Israel, I suppose it said. Uvirushalayim, Malach, Shelosim Beshaloshana al Kol Israel, Yehuda, which means the seven first years and, and um, six months. He was king only on Yehuda, and it was his uh, center was Hebron, and now he is in Yerushalayim and is the king for 33 years for all of Am Israel and Yehuda. Vayelech Amelech vaAnashav Yerushalayim el Aibusi Yosheva Aretz vayomre David lemor lo tavohena ki mesirecha haivrim veapisachim lemor lo yavo David hena. This is a very difficult pasuk to understand. What, which, what it's saying is the king and his men went to Jerusalem. Now he's telling us, at the beginning he says he was for 33 years to king in Jerusalem for all of Israel. But let's see how it started. How did David come to be king in Jerusalem? The king and his men 
went to Jerusalem to the Jebusite inhabitants of the land. I don't want to spend too much time in that, but we find in Yeshua and in Shoftim that we were not able to conquer Jerusalem. In Yeshua it refers to Shevet Yehuda, in Shoftim it refers to Shevet Binyamin, but what happened with Jerusalem is that Yebusim holding to it. We didn't conquer Jerusalem. It did not become part of the territory of Am Israel. Okay? So who is there? The Yebusim. The Yebusim, inhabitants of the land, and one of them spoke to David saying, you shall not enter here unless you remove the blind and the lame, as if to say, David will not enter here. It's a very strange pasuk. You are all invited to go to the Mephashim. <laughs> and let's see, what do you find? What does it mean that they say you cannot enter here uh, unless you remove the blind and the piseach, uh, and the lame? That you walk like uh, disabled. It says here that the blind and lame refers to two idols that they had inserted. Apparently, they. Um, who, are you, who are you reading? So it says Abraham made an oath to Abimelech that he and his descendants would never harm the Philistine king or his descendants up to the third generation. The Jebusites had written the text of Abraham's oath on parchments and inserted them into the mouths of two idols, referred to by scripture as blind and lame things and attach the idols above the gates of the fortress. Now the Jebusites informed David that he could not enter the city as long as the idols were there because they represented Abraham's oath, guaranteeing their safety. Okay, so you are quoting Amidrash. Okay, it starts here saying, many interpretations have been offered for this obscure reference to the blind and the lame. But this Amidrash that she brings, and the Midrash brings to the reason that the Yebusim are giving to David why you cannot enter here is like a religious reason. You cannot come here. There was a pact between Abraham and Abimelech in the past where Abraham uh, offered like seven kvasot, the seven sheep in Beersheba, kind of saying, okay, this is yours, this is mine, I'm going to let you be, I'm going to separate, I'm going to, to respect your boundaries. And from that pact, it was understood that Am Israel will not come and take the land from the Ibusim. Now, what does it mean, Iver and Piseach, the blind and the lame? They made these statues where they wrote this pact and they inserted the words in the mouth of the statue in a way that it would actually uh, deter the Jewish people from coming and conquering. What do you think about this Midrash? It's very interesting. Uh, very interesting. That's a good way of saying it. It's, it's, it's difficult. It's, it's very interesting. Uh, I think Ebenezer, Rabbi Ebenezer, 
explains, he brings here Rabbi Ezra. No. Okay, so I think even Ezra, what he says, he says, this is actually a very, understanding it in a pshat, in the literal way, what it means is that they are going to defend the city with blind people and lame people in order to, no, no letter, the opposite, make fun of David, saying, our fortress, our city is so strong that we don't even need good warriors defending it. We can put blind people, we can put lame people, we can put the weakest of us, and still you are not going to be able to conquer the city. That's how difficult it's going to be for you. Then I heard another Midrash. It's also interesting. It's also interesting. These idols, the, the lame and the Piseach, they actually represented this Berit that Abraham made with Abimelech, but mostly the descendants of Abraham. Who are they? Yitzchak and Yaakov. Yeah, it's yes, it there. The blind represented Yitzchak, and the lame represented Yaakov that was hurt when he was fighting against the angel of Esau. So saying, these idols are reminding you, David, you have a pact. You cannot come to fight us, to conquer the city, because there was a pact between your ancestors and us, and our ancestors, and you need to respect that. Uh, first of all, it's kind of sad, or kind of, uh, I don't know what word to use, to see that that's the way they, 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 they represent Yitzhak and Yaakov. Yeah. What other ways could they represent yeah. Yitzhak and Yaakov? What could represent Yitzhak? Instead of the blindness, what could represent him? His strength. I don't know. I don't know how you kindness. Kindness. The 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 bedot that he dig, the wells that he dig. What could represent Yaakov? His sons like continuing Am Israel. Am Israel continuation. The ladder. His dreams. But how would they know about that if they're not? How do they know about Yitzchak being blind? How do they know? But it's like a physical thing. Okay, so so perhaps that's what it represents. Perhaps that's what the Midrash is showing us. The outsider cannot see beyond what your eyes see. Yeah. They see a man that is lame. They see a man that they cannot see. They don't see their greatness. Right. They don't see the greatness, the deep. Uh, inside of these great ancestors that we had. And that's how they define. But anyways, it's a Midrash. And when we say, en makshim ala Midrash, you don't ask questions on the Midrash. Whatever it is, either they try to make fun of Yaakov, saying there is no way you can conquer, we are too strong for you, stories from David, there is no way you can conquer us, we are too strong for you. Or they are kind of saying the same way until now, Ida Yebusi, was not conquered, stay away from us. There is a pact. Respect it. Now, is that stopping David? Is that stopping David from coming to the Yebusi? Oh, by the way, something that perhaps you don't know, Ida Yebusi, which is Jerusalem, Jerusalem, where is it located geographically? I didn't bring my dad Do you know where Jerusalem is located? Look for it. Look in the map. 
Israel? In Israel, we don't have there, right? Yeah, but if you think about the tribes, which tribe is having Jerusalem in their territory? You can Google, you can find, however you want. I don't have, I, I didn't bring the book that they have with all the maps. Okay, Jerusalem is in the limit of the uh, land that belongs to Yehuda and the land that belongs to Binyamin. It's kind of everybody's land and nobody's land. Okay, where is Jerusalem here? Okay, so you see Yehuda and Binyamin. So Yerushalayim is in the middle. Yehuda is Shevet Yehuda. Binyamin belongs to Israel. Binyamin belongs to Shaul. So strategically, if you think about it, Yerushalayim being in the middle between Yehuda and Binyamin is explaining to us why David wants it so much. Why David wants to make from that place his center. Because he wants to clarify or to show or to represent that I am Melech Israel, I'm a king of all of Israel together. I'm not going to sit in Yehuda, in my home, in Hebron where I was until now for seven years. I want to be in a place where everybody will understand that it belongs to everybody. That I'm a king of everybody, yes. But wasn't the Plishtim like kind of ruling everything and pushing the Jewish people? In the like Plishtim place? were in the middle bothering us. But we're still having, like, so, but even we still had our, our territories. So before Shmuel, even. I mean, before um, Shaul, we still had our own land. Of course. Uh, we had yes, our own land. would come, would bother, but we still have a part of our land that they, they were not there. Okay, so let's see what happens after they tell him that. I am in Pasuk Zain. Baikot David at Metzudat Zion, he ir David. David conquers the Zion fortress which is called the city of David, until today, if you go, before you go to the Kotel, Bayomer David Bayomau, Kol Makei Yebusi, Veiga, Batsinor, Veta Pitzchim, Veta Ivrim, Snue Nefesh David, Al Ken Yomeru, Iveru Fiseach, Lo Yavo El Habayit. So, it's not, uh, the Pasuk is kind of in the middle. Yeah. David declared on that day, whoever smites the Yebusite and reaches the stronghold and the blind and the lame, that David detests, because people say the blind and the lame are here, he shall not enter the house. So, in another place in the Tanakh, in Divrei Ayamim, I didn't bring a Tanakh, Perek Yudalef, we find there that what David is actually saying here, he's saying whoever conquers uh, the Yebusi, the, the, the ear of the Yebusi, will become the head of my army, will become the officer. He's offering, which is very normal, it was very normal that a king like Shaul offered, whoever conquers, um, fights Goliath, defeats Goliath, is going to marry my daughter. As uh, also with Hebron, Yeshua offered, whoever conquers, what was that, with Caleb? will marry my daughter as well. So here David is offering a position. Do you find that in the Perushim here? Yeah. What does it say? It says, um, 
It says, whoever removes the idols which are detested by David, who despises adultery, will receive an unstated reward. But then it says, whoever strikes the Jebusites first will become a chief and an officer. Chief and an officer. Okay. But at the beginning, David captured the, the Metzudah David, Metzudah Zion, the city of David. And then after that, all the rest is, ask, is offering whoever removes these idols will become the officer. So, yes. So the pact that Abraham made was not important to him? Or it said, but it says that it only has to be kept for th up to three generations. Oh, okay. so right? It's not forever. Okay? okay? So, David as with everything in life, everyone for sure had their own uh, interpretation. Yeah. They wanted to understand it, this is forever. And there is a Nomapitong, Abraham didn't mean for it for way forever. So, Vayashem David ba Metsuda, Vayikra la'ir David, Vayiben David Saviv min amilo fapaita, Vayelech David haloch vegadol, Vashem Elohet Sebaot imo. So, first of all, we see that David and his men conquering uh, Ir David. David sits ba Metsuda, he calls it Ir David, and he, he, he builds around the city from the Milo and inward which means he keeps building and making it bigger and bigger. We see that David is growing. Again, we're speaking at the beginning of the kingdom of David over Yehuda and Israel. So now, Pasuk Yud, we see a new element. Malachim el David, Vaatse Arazim, Vacharashe'etz, Vacharashe'even, Kid, Vaivnu Bait le David. The king of Tyre, which is in the north of Israel, Tzor, sent a delegation to David with cedar wood and carpenters and masons, masons of wall stones, and they built a palace for David. What does it mean? What is this Pasuk telling us? They're trying to form an alliance. They try to form an alliance. What does it? What element appears here until now we didn't uh, see with David? That everyone's recognizing him as a king. Okay, very good. So first we saw David's influence or David's impact inside inside Israel with Yehuda and Israel creating this alliance, this unity. Now we see that his name is expanding also internationally. This is not Yehudim from Tzor. They are also recognizing David as Melech Israel, and he's kind of trying to, you know, to entice him to say, here, we have wood, we're going to send you, and we're going to build you your palace. Is this the same, the same the, guy With the Mikdash, which yeah. you know, I was just thinking about that, yes. The, the, the trees come from there, from the, oh. when Shlomo is going to build the Beta Mikdash, he, he imports trees from, from the north, from Tzor, yes. David realized that Hashem had established him as king over Israel and that he had exalted his kingdom for the sake of his people. He said, how beautiful is this? Yeah. David could just say, hmm, how good am I am. Everybody loves me. Everybody recognizes me. How successful I am. Finally, I'm seeing the results of all my battles, all my success as a general, but not. What does David say? What, what is the... What does David learn from all this success, from having these gifts from outside? He says, wow, 
David realized that Hashem had established him as a king over Israel. The fact that the other nations are blessing us and giving us gifts means that Hashem finally has established me as a king of Israel and he had exalted his kingdom for the sake of his people of Israel, not only that he recognizes Hashem. More than that, David recognizes that this gift that Hashem is giving him are for the benefit of Israel, not for him. This is the, the difference that exists between having self-esteem and having arrogance. Self-esteem means I recognize my, uh, I don't have to call it lack, or my gifts, or my extra talents, or my wealth, or my whatever. But I recognize that Hashem is giving them to me for a purpose, to serve His people. So this is what David is saying here on this Pasuk. Uh, and now, the third, the, another point that will also represent David growth, also with kings, is expressed on the way they take more women. So, Vaikach David od pilakshim venashim mirushalayim acharebo mihebron. So David takes more concubines and wives from Jerusalem after he's coming from Hebron. Then he has more boys and girls. So his harem is growing. These are the names of those that were born in Jerusalem. Shamua veshovav venatan ushlomo. We don't usually know these names. So now, okay, so we see David, Petoch Israel, everybody's together. With the nations around him, they respect him. He has more wives, he has more children, but now who is not going to respect David? The Plishtim. But at the same time, the fact that they don't respect him, it also shows that they see him as the representative of Israel. So וישמעו פלישתים כי משכו את דוד למלך על ישראל, ויעלו כל פלישתים לבקש את דוד, וישמע דוד וילד אל המצודה. So when they hear that David is a king, they come to ask for David. Oh, it doesn't say they come to fight Israel. They think that they're going to be able to just eliminate David the same way they eliminated who? Shaul and his children and his children. They feel really super powerful. So they say, okay, let's take him out of the way. What do they think they do? They're going to bring another king. They're going to be able to, to fight us. Pasuk Yovchet, 18. Upenishtim bau, vainateshu beemek refaim. They came and they spread out in the refaim valley. Vaishal David Bashem lemor. Haele el pelishtim hatitenem beyadi. So David inquired of Hashem saying, Shall I go up against the Philistine? Sorry, will you deliver them into my hand? And Hashem answered David, Vayomer Hashem el David, Ale, kinaton eten et ha-Philistine be'adecha. Go up, for I shall indeed deliver the Philistine into your hand. Vayavod David beval peratzim, Vayakem sham David, Vayomer, פרץ השם את אויביי לפניי, כפר את מים, על כן קרה שבמקום ההוא בעל פרצים. דוד קם to the plain of פרצים, and David struck them there, he said, השם breached my enemies as water breaches a barrier. Therefore, he named that place the plain of פרצים, breaches, the פרצים, ויעזבו שם את הצביהם, 
ויסיים דוד ואנשיו. The Prishtim had abandoned their idols there. And David and his men, what did they do? Burn them. What a translation. Vaisaem is not burn them. What is Vaisaem? Who knows Hebrew here? Vaisaem. What is Laset something? We don't have Hebrew speakers today. But they said they carried them off. Carried. They carried them off. They carried them. It's like they took them. The translation here is already helping us to, that God forbid we won't think that David is taking the, the idols for them, but that they burned them. But what happens is that they take them. Okay? You mean they carried the idols? I thought they burnt the idols. So the translation here says buried, burned. Uh, I think it's, Hebrew, it's, it's quoting the Radak. It says... So it's bringing a yeah, yeah. Okay, well, what does it say, Radak? Um, Baisarfem, then I bring them. Okay. Also, the Targum says that, the Okidenun, uh, which is important to know because we could think that they had some Yetzirah with the, with the Abodah Zarah that they wanted to take it for themselves. But Mefarshim helped us here, and the translation is already. It's interesting to know that some translations are not only translating, they're already interpreting. interpreting. Which is, we need to be careful, like, okay, the interpretation is good to know, but I like to, when somebody doesn't know the Hebrew, what happened? Yeah, oh, they're asking for us? We're better than them? Yeah, the other way around, yeah. It's okay. <laughs> so, okay, what do you learn from this fight with the Christian? What do you learn? That he's powerful. He, he's powerful. But David is still going to Hashem and asking. David asks Hashem. He's five. Always, always. Always ask Hashem. So, okay, let me ask you something. Whenever there is a war, so before the war, David is asking Hashem. And then David is successful. What will we expect to see Hashem being recognized? What do you expect after a success? in the hands of Hashem, praising Hashem, like what we saw this Shabbat Shalpestah, this, this last Shabbat and, and, and Friday, that after Kriyat Yamsut, what we see is Moshe and Ben Israel singing, singing to Hashem. This is the difference between I was the one, I was successful, I did this. We have amazing talent, we have amazing intelligence, we have amazing generals, we have the iron. Uh, you understand? Yeah. So either is that or is it's all things that the Kadosh Baruch Hu protected us. So let's see if we see somehow later on that David is going to follow that pattern. The same way he's asking Hashem, should I go, should I fight? Will you be at my side? David had it very clear. If I'm successful, it's going to be because Hashem, you want me to succeed. But you're saying he didn't praise him after. I don't know, I don't know. Let's yeah. see, we, we, we still didn't. It, it, it's just the beginning. So, Pasuk Abed, by Yosifu od pedishtim la'alot, by Nachu be'emek refaim, and they continued what do you mean? They came up once again. Is this the same day? Is this another war?
they return one once again, probably with a much larger force. That's what the right back say. Realize, realize that if they permitted David to prevail, they would again become subservient to Israel, as they had said several years earlier. Be strong, O Prishtim, lest you become enslaved to the Hebrews, as they have been enslaved to you. Be men and fight. So they are coming again because they don't want to leave this status quo, we were defeated. They said, okay, you know, you, you play chess, one time you, you win, one time I win, but at the end, let's see who is the real winner. They want to try to delegate their victory. So the Plishtim, I see for Plishtim, Lalot, Vayna, Teshu, Be'emek, Refaim. Vayishal David, Vashem, Vayomer, Lo ta'aleh, Haseb el achalehem, Uvatalehem, Mimul, Bechaim. So he's asking Hashem, and Hashem said, do not go directly up. Circle around to the rear, rear or rear? Rear. Rear. And approach them from opposite the mulberry trees. Hashem is telling him, do not come and confront them. Do not, you are not going to come and fight them frontally. Go from the back. And it's so interesting. He's telling him even exactly where to be. the mulberry trees. It shall be. It shall be that when you hear a sound like marching at the tops of the mulberry trees, you shall shout your battle cry. For then Hashem will have gone out before you to strike at the Prishtim cup. So, Imagine you have the enemy in front of you, you are ready, you are sure Hashem is going to tell you to fight because he told you before, but Hashem is telling you, no, no, don't come in front, wait until I tell you and go from the back. This is also a test of emunah. David could have said, ah, I didn't understand well, or perhaps not ask, or perhaps take the same, you know, idea from before, but he's asking and he's going to follow the rules. So, David did. I was gonna say it's a better strategy because they're expecting him to fight like they did in the first, like war. Yeah, but you know that if Hashem is with you, yeah, you're going to succeed. Yeah. So David did so as Hashem had commanded him, and he struck the Christian from Geva until the approach together. Okay, so we saw in this chapter the establishment, of the beginning of the kingdom of David Melech on all of Israel, and it was. We saw that reflected in a few areas. In the way David establishes his the center, his palace in Jerusalem, that is in the boundaries between Yehuda and Benjamin. We saw that there is, a, sorry, before that, all the people from Israel and, and Zikne Israel are coming to recognize David as the proper king of Israel. And they tell him, you are, you are our family. We know that Hashem appointed you and anointed you. So David is having that. What else did we see that reflected David's uh, kingdom and David's uh, being the, the other? The other like um, kings recognize him. The as other man. king from Tzor, they recognize him and they send him gifts, they, woods and carpenters. And actually they built for him palace. Uh, a palace. What else did we see? He had kids. He marries more women. He has more concubines and he has more few children. several more children, Banim and Banot, boys and girls in Jerusalem. We also saw that 
even the Plishtim, when they come to fight against Israel, they're going to fight against David. They see, they also, by fighting against him, recognize him as the leader of Am Israel. And we saw David that uh, he continues to be the loyal servant of Hashem. His emunah goes ahead of him, and uh, he asks Hashem and he follows his directions, and he's very matziah. We also saw how David was able to see that all his success came from Hashem. Okay, and I don't remember who asked in one of our classes, uh, where do we see that David is such a tzaddik? Yeah. But we can see throughout all the steps that he takes, how he really, really was a, a, a great, great Yevid uh, Hashem. Okay? I think it's beautiful. How are we with time? Okay, let's read a little bit of uh, chapter five. Sixth chapter. ויוסף עוד דוד את כל בחור בישראל שלושים אלף. דוד again, no again, ויוסף, no. He added to his, the chosen men of Israel, which mean uh, soldiers, right? How many people does he have? Thirty thousand. You remember how many David had at the beginning? Seven hundred. Three hundred. Oh yeah, maybe three right? hundred. later. So now he has 30,000, 30,000. Uh, okay. Okay.Vayakom.Vayelach.David.Vechol.Ha.Ma.Shedotomi.Ba.Le.Yehuda.Le.Halot.Mi.Sham.Et.Aron.Ha.Elohim.Ashem.Nikra.Sham.Shem.
יס. פסוק א' ופלק ז'. After what happened, that they were, they, 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 the Pilishtim brought the Aron to Bet Hashimshi or to Yeshua, and the people from Bet Shemesh that were looking at the Aron died from them 70,000. Shivim ish, Hamishim elef ish, and 50,000. Many people died because they did not know how to relate to this holy Aron. So they didn't want to have it with them. And they sent people to Kiryati Arim to say, the Pishtim brought back the Aron. Come, take it with you. And on chapter Zain Pasuk Alef, so the men of Kiryat Yalim came and brought up the Ark of Hashem and they brought it to the house of Abinadab on the hill and then designated Elazar his son to guard the Ark of Hashem. So the Ark of Hashem was guarded, protected in the house of Elazar and Abinadab his father and they were taking care of their own. Since then, I don't think we heard uh, but it says from they were 20 years. Yes. Who, who, that means this whole thing from uh, Peric Zion to now is just 20 years? I think so. It can't be. I feel like this was just when Shmuel was like anointed. No, no, sorry. 20 years that Bnei Israel followed in the, in the path of Hashem. Since that moment, here it says, During 20 years, they followed Hashem, Bnei Israel. Okay? Let's continue in our chapter. So... Yeah, this is what it says. It remained in Kiryat Jeremiah for 20 years and then King David moved it to Jerusalem. So it's 20 years. It's so good that you have the Mepharshim with you. <laughs> I, I feel very knowledgeable. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. You are reading on the previous chapter or in our chapter? No, the previous chapter. Previous chapter. Okay, so let's, let's come back. So... Vayarkivu etarona Elohim אל עגלה חדשה, ויישאוהו מבית אבינדב אשר בגבעה, ועוזה ואחיו בני אבינדב נוהגים את העגלה חדשה. I want to warn you, what's coming now is very difficult. It's very difficult to understand. Very difficult. We, it's, it's beyond our understanding and it has to do all, it, it's very similar to what happened in the Chemesh. Arona Elohim that has Arona Shem has a very, very high level of Kedusha. Let me ask you something. What happens later in the Beit HaMikdash? Where will be Arona Elohim? Kodesh HaKodashim. Can we have access? Can regular people have access to it? No. So it seems that when regular people 
have interaction with their own Elohim, if they don't know how to, have the, how to have the right love, but reverence and distance at the same time. Why, why doesn't David ask Hashem if he should bring it then? Like, why doesn't he ask him, Hashem, should I bring the Kodesh Kodeshim here? How, how should I bring it? Perhaps that was obvious that they don't have to come here. Once we have a, once we have a center, we are tranquility, and, and perhaps actually the opposite. This is, he's doing the right thing, but perhaps not in the proper way. Perhaps he should have asked that. Good question. So uh, they put, what do we see, see that they, they do? They place the ark of God upon a new wagon and carried it from the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill. By the way, we didn't pay too much attention to it, but see how the Aaron is described here. Here, from there, the ark of God, which is called by its name, the name of Hashem, master of legions, who is enthroned upon the Cherubim, is upon it. So it's, the description of the Aaron is giving us this feeling. We're not speaking about a, a regular ark, we're speaking about an ark that has the name of Hashem. Why the ark of God? Because it's the name of Hashem. Hashem Tzavod, master of religion, who is enthroned upon the Cherubim, is upon it. Okay. But when it says the name of Hashem, it doesn't tell us what that name is? No. Uh, okay. Okay. So, who is taking this? Uzzah and Ahio, their brothers. Sons of Aminadab, they are guiding the new way. They carried it from Aminadab's house, which was what, which was in Gibeah, with the Ark of God, and Achio walked in front of the Ark. David and the entire house of Israel were celebrating before Hashem with all kinds of cypress wood instruments, with arms, lyres, trumps. Timbrels and timbals. So try to imagine a very big Achnasat Sefer Torah with music and instruments and the king himself dancing. We're bringing finally, I don't know. David is also escorting it, you mean? Yes, the king himself. I'm going to stop here. And uh, you are invited to, to try to read at home and to find. Uh, the, all the background to this Arona Elohim, Arona Shem, David Amelech is bringing with him. Okay, you have any question? David is absolutely interested. I'm very interested by the intrigue of what's happening. It's like reading a new book for the first time. That's so beautiful. That, that we have to learn from you because, know. you know, when we know, even when we study parasha or anything in the Torah that we've studied in the past, we lose some of the passion of the curiosity. What's going to happen now? Yeah. Will Paro let them go out or not? Imagine how, how different it sounds for the person that studies it for the first time. That's why the children in the Ghana are like this. Yeah. Some, the Ghana, I have third graders in the town of Torah, and there are some stories that they, I feel like they didn't fully learn, and I see that, that excitement. You teach the Talmud Torah also? Wow. And I, I, like, I like this aspect of it, because there are some things that are like, oh my God, what? Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. I can't wait to find out what's happening. 
Maybe, you know what, it's not just like a book, because like, you're actually learning something from it, like a regular book that you read all the time, whatever, it's like... <laughs> it's yeah, we were studying during the first few parts of Sefer Melachim, and you see the behaviors. That, that's before this, right? No, after. Oh, it's after Melachim. Oh, right, right. It just gets worse and worse and worse. Yeah, and, and all of them end up like 